Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 159 of A Play on Nerds. As always, I'm Steve. This other guy is... Jarman! And we're here to co-host the hell out of this thing. Yeah, baby. Jarman, what are we talking about in this week's very special episode? Well, in honor of the soon-to-be-released Willow TV series on Disney+, Plus, we're talking about the original Willow from 1988. What a great film. This movie is so near and dear to my heart. And I'm so excited that, A, we get to talk about it, but B, there is new Willow content somehow coming. Oh, I know. And it's That's funny. the most astounding part. Because I've been following a podcast for a couple of years, and it finally went defunct, but it was um, called The Nerdy Show, based out of Orlando here, actually. And they're a pretty well-produced podcast, and they had several spinoff shows. But one of their spinoff shows was Willow Watch. <laughs> And so they would find whatever little nuggets of talk about what was possibly happening with Willow. They talk about any comics that came out. They would talk about there's always like little rumors happening in the last several years about something happening, a TV show, a movie. They weren't sure. Um, and now it's finally happening. So like it's it's great. And for those who don't know, it's like basically George Lucas and Ron Howard had this beautiful uh, fantasy baby of a fantasy movie. baby. Yeah. It's just it's and it disappointed a lot of people, but because it's not Star Wars, but it's still it's a great own thing. It is a great own little thing. And yeah, we're showing our bias before we get into that, (laughs) before we get into that and dig ourselves too deep into the willow hole. Jarman, what have you been up to since last we talked? Well, it's been an eventful couple of weeks. Uh, Basically, uh, we had a Halloween party that I think I talked about us planning where we were doing a movie marathon um in our house and we it was great because we were able to set up two tvs on opposite sides of the, the dining room and the living room so like there was multiple couch spaces and things like people to watch on two different tvs the same movie at the same time so it went really well um had snacks throughout and drinks and that kind of thing um and then i had a screening of uh silence of the lambs the the movie that i made uh, the rest is silence of the lambs which is basically a Shakespearean version of Silence of the Lambs, a short film that was about an hour long. Oh, that finally came out? Yeah, finally. We did a, finally did a showing of it. We did show it at a um, one Fringe Festival, and it actually won their uh, couple film awards at that Fringe Festival. But then we couldn't get it to another of the festivals because it's just really hard. Usually they're lottery systems, and you have to be lucky to get in. So we just did a private screening of it here at a place called the Geek Easy here in Orlando. And we sold tickets for people to come in, five bucks. We had a little tiny crowd. It wasn't much to speak of, but a lot of the actors and crew came, and we just kind of watched it on a big big screen with a bar, and it was kind of fun. But it's coming out this Friday, which as of this recording, which is tomorrow, the uh, November 11th, it'll be premiering on YouTube for anyone to watch for free. Um, it's very niche interest because it's you have to really like Silence of the Lambs, Shakespeare, or both. Uh, to enjoy it, but it's a, it, you can skip through and watch little parts of it, and you'll recognize parts in the movie with Buffalo Bill and that kind of thing. And I, I was the photographer <laughs> of it. I shot the whole thing and edited it as well. So um, I didn't direct it, but I shot and edited it. Uh, and then voting happened. So I think I can transition yeah. to Steve, too, because like we all had to vote in the U.S. here. Yeah, um, we did. And Florida was pretty rough. Uh, I'm a bleeding heart liberal, and basically Florida is becoming more and more Republican. Uh, we had two million Republicans moved to our state in the past uh, two years. So we kind of had little hope of, you know, having some kind of blue wave here in Florida, <laughs> but we tried. Uh, but the rest of the country did okay. So what about you, Steve? How, how have you been doing? Yeah, days? that was basically what I saw. It was like outside of Florida, things are going okay. Like that was literally <laughs> the headline at one point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, things are good here. I got two sick kids that we just can't seem to get well at the same time. Oh, damn. Cur- currently, they're both on inhalers. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Dilly has been waking up at night coughing, so already throws up. Oh, it sucks. Um, I had to take a family care day this week, which is how I can spend some of my sick time. That makes Basically sense. said, my kid is, we were up since two. I need the day off. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> uh, so sick kids, but otherwise really not a whole lot. Ann and I uh, got to go on a date we went up to her mom's place this past weekend, left the kids, 
and uh, we went to a lunch date, got hot pot, and then we headed over to Dave and Buster's. Yeah. And I've talked on the podcast before. I'm I'm an arcade shark. Did you guys do that same date previously, or is that the same time? Because we that's talked about like the our show go- That's our go to. Oh, gotcha. That's what you like to go. do. Gotcha. Yeah. So we went in to Dave and Buster's. We get there, and Anne's like, "Oh, I forgot my scarf." Go ahead and start playing. So I, I charge up the card. She's gone. I play a few games, and by the time she got back, I had won five jackpots. <laughs> On three different machines. Jeez. And then she got there and an additional, like, I was like, I told, I told her, I won all these tickets. I hit three jackpots on this one thing. Uh, and I see that the puck drops in this game that I'm good at, <laughs> that I need to complete the super bonus. And I go, oh, and the puck just dropped. And on my first try, sunk the puck when Anna was there and got my, like, sixth <laughs> jackpot. What you, how many tickets did you have, or points, I guess, you had on tickets anymore, but points did you get for all At that stuff? End, did you get buy anything cool with it? So we already had about 21,000 tickets on between two cards. Mm-hmm. And I think we won 9,000 <laughs> in about an hour because I just, I, and then I, we hit another, Anna hit a big spin jackpot i hit another jackpot on one of the machines i'd hit before i got a couple 500 ticket sinks on another um by the end we had we earned nine thousand, and we went and we spent nine thousand points so we literally walked out with how much we came in with what'd you spend it on oh man we get crap for the kids that's how we justify nice. it. we got too <laughs> many wacky inflatable arm flailing tube men nice uh we got jarman a dino uh, we got dilly a dinosaur figurine Nice. We got Joyce something as well. What did we get, Joyce, Santa? Help me. <laughs> Help me, wife. Help me, wife. Help, Help me, wife. wife. <laughs> we got Joyce some crap, too. We didn't leave her out. Everyone gets crap. <laughs> what? Oh, an LOL doll thing. She Adorable. loves the LOLs. It's basically like and fake then, gambling, but with the excuse of getting your kids toys, which is fun. But this time they had they had makeup removal wipes in like a decent brand. So Anna bought two packs of makeup removal wipes, hey, which useful. she needed. So it she, was great. She was able to get those in a fun way. <laughs> yeah, I got a, a flashlight for the car. Nice, man. That's a good one. But we do have enough thing. for some of the big ticket items. We had enough for the little mini HDMI projector. Oh, you can just you like decide not to go for Halloween it. decorations and that kind of thing. Maybe that's right. <laughs> or make a super movie night. Yeah. So, yeah, we walked in. We won 9000 tickets. We spent 9000 tickets. We left. Man, I need to go to Jim Buster's. It's been a long time. All right. So if you if you out there are listeners, the six of you and Jarman, <laughs> uh, check him out. His name is Arcade Matt on YouTube. He's got a pretty big following, but I've been following him since he only had like 30,000 subscribers. And he gives you like tips and tricks on how how to spot the right machines, how to play the machines that you can play with skill, um, and how to like hedge your bets to beat the house. Because some of them are just complete luck and there's no skill involved, right? Some of them are complete luck, but some of them um, you can – so like there's a game where you have to move a ball to the top of a thing. And this is, takes place in three different steps. The three different steps you can skill. The top one is basically all luck, mm. but by skilling, you can hit get that opportunity more frequently every time, uh, every time to to try for the luck thing versus some people who can't do the skill part and they just burn. There's no chance they'll ever get the big payout. <laughs> you take this up. Anna's, Anna's really lucky at the big wheel. But yeah, check him out. Arcade Matt. Uh, he is the reason that Anna and I are arcade sharks. You're like the guy you go to play casually play pool with your friends and he brings out his he breaks out his case that has his pool cue in it and his wrist guard and stuff. You're like, what the hell? I thought we were playing some games, man. Yeah, but far nerdier than that. <laughs> yeah, even far more nerdier. nerdier than that. Somehow nerdier than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, man. Well, German, does that take us to some nerdy news? Oh, it does. It's time for Nerdy News. All right, so today's nerdy news I'm going to call Tube Tops and Bottoms. And by tube, I mean like the tube, a TV, 
Uh-huh. So punny. So basically, this is going to be a segment where we talk about all the shows that have been canceled or renewed in this past year and go through just the highlights of things that we kind of watch, more like sci-fi fantasy stuff or things I know Steve yeah. and I watch. Um, Our wheelhouse. And what made me think of this is that it was a kind of a big shock uh, because Westworld was canceled after season four. And it was a very popular show, huge budget, big actors, um, right before it completed storyline. And that's kind of weird for HBO to do that um, with a big show. So... And they're paying out all the actors contracts. Yeah, they had a contract so they through season That's five, nuts. so they had to pay them for a full season they're not even gonna shoot. So it's very strange. But HBO is doing a lot of weird stuff because of all their tax write offs and crap they're doing and restructuring because they merge with Discovery. Um it's it's a mess. Well not only that, I think they're wrestling with the fact that they were on the earlier side of the streaming game. HBO Max was an early success. Yeah, it kind of was. One of the first ones after Netflix and Hulu, basically. Right, after those two big ones. And now, like, Cinemax, Showtime, all of their old TV competitors have now run into the space, joined by new things like Paramount Plus Mm -hmm. and other crap like that. So I think they're feeling that burn. Disney Plus, big one. They were the solo in that space for so long, and now they're sharing territory. Yeah, and they're just they weren't doing successfully with their DC movies as much as they thought. Like it's just they are just restructuring everything. But yeah. and along with that, on the opposite flip side of the coin is that people were really frantically freaking out because Sandman season one came out and it was wonderful, and Netflix was dragging their heels about whether they were going to renew it or not until the very last minute, and they're like, "Uh, yes, we're going to renew it." And like the audience was like, "Jesus Christ, why'd you wait so long and scare us?" Because I don't know if you watched it, Steve. It was. It was fantastic. I did. It was fantastic. I didn't read the books or the or the graphic novel, whatever it is. I didn't read it, but um, the show was just wonderful. I've heard it's very it's very aligned with what Neil Gaiman wants, so it kind of flows that way. Uh, so real quick rundown here: uh, DC's Star Girl canceled after two seasons. Uh, American Horror Story up to season thirteen now. They're uh, renewed for Barry renewed for season four. Love Barry. I don't know if you watched that one, Steve, but it's it's great. I think you'd really. Uh, I watched a little bit of the first season. Yeah, then we gave up HBO. It's a lot of. Oh, you gave up HBO? I got a free account. You should join mine. Um, ah, you bastard. Batwoman canceled after three seasons. That came in through a lot of trouble with uh, their lead actors quitting and all this other stuff. Bob's Burgers up to season 13. Castlevania renewed for season four. Great uh, cartoon show. Great uh, kind of anime for adults. Cobra Kai renewed for season five. But I don't know who watches this. I mean, I guess it's good. Everyone says it is, but it's really popular. It's like one of the top stream shows out there right now. Uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow was canceled, but it did come to a kind of a decent end. Um, I watched all of that. I love that show. Uh, Doctor Who, of course, renewed. Uh, Evil, a good show you guys should watch on Paramount Plus or just download it illegally. Um, it's basically like uh, the X-Files with Mulder and Scully, except for demons. It's pretty cool. Uh, okay. It's got the guy who played Luke Cage in it, and he's awesome. Uh, Fear the Walking oh, okay, Dead. Yeah. yeah. Fear the Walking Dead renewed, but Walking Dead is uh, not canceled, but done. Walking Dead is finished after this uh, next Done. episode. Coming and I out. think there's two spinoffs coming. There's been a few that there's, have been canceled already. So I don't know. There's the one that looks like it's got like Negan and Maggie in it. I thought they, they did. They said they were doing that. And I think they put the kibosh on it. I think that one's canceled. Oh, too. I, I just saw like a teaser trailer. It's mind you. It could be something come off before the kibosh. Uh, but I just saw a teaser trailer for it. Mm. As in already filming it or something. That's kind of neat. Right. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd consider watching so, it. I'm liking, I'm liking yeah, the last episodes now. I'm finally finishing it. So I don't know. Are you, have you, you kept just up like Walking it because it's the end? No. Yeah. <laughs> it went up ups and downs. Lots of ups and downs. Yeah. Um, the CW kind of DC universe is kind of getting canceled left and right a little bit. Flash is finally getting canceled after a ninth season, uh, but they're going to be closing it off. Well, it's not a surprise cancellation. But it went for nine seasons, and the Arrow's already gone, and they just canceled Stargirl, and these things are all tangentially related. Uh, Black Lightning was canceled last year, um, so there's not much left in the DC, except for like uh, Lois and Clark, which is or one of the what's called Superman and Lois. Uh, for All Mankind, alternate history kind of thing, sci-fi, apparently really good. It was renewed for like a fourth season. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard wonderful things. Goldberg's renewed for season ten. Steve watches Goldberg's. Wow. I am. I'm kind of caught up. Not really. We we restarted because we realized Anna got like dillied out of a big chunk of season two. So we're oh, that makes it. sense. I like how dilly's a verb now. Um, yeah. Good Omens, which was great with David Tennant. And uh, I forgot the other guy's name, but it's a fantastic show. Another Neil Gaiman thing. It was renewed season two. It's coming out soon. 
Halo was renewed for season two, which I'm surprised. I thought no one was watching that. But uh, did you watch it, Steve? The new Halo show? No, not yeah. even a little. I don't have the service, so. Yeah, I don't even know what it's Man. on. I don't know. Uh, I say Paramount Plus. Maybe it is on Paramount Plus. I do have that. Uh, Handmaid's Tale is going to be canceled after season six, but that might be coming to a natural end as well, not just canceled. House of the Dragon, of course, renewed. Uh, I Am Groot, the shorts uh, on Disney Plus. Very cute. Um, as Steven mentioned, annoying to watch because like the credits and stuff are, and you can't find them under one timeline. You have to like, go back and look at each one individually. It's complicated, but it's been renewed for second season. Uh, Interview with the Vampire, which was come out this year, has been renewed for season two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, In- Invincible, which people talked about a lot, the animated show with uh, superheroes that kill people really brutally, kind of like the boys. I love that. And yep. Stephen Ree is the main character voice. J.K. Simmons is J.K. the father. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, Real but good. for good things, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, renewed up to season 18. Nah. I like that show. Uh, Loki, season two, of course. Mandalorian, season three, of course. Uh, Mythic Quest on Apple TV Plus. I really like that show. It's been renewed for season four. Check it out if you haven't, folks. It's actually a lot of fun about a video game company um, with the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Funny enough. Uh, Only Murders in the Building, renewed for season three with Martin Short and Steve Martin. Really funny um, and cool. Our Flag Means Death on HBO. Very funny from the guy flying the Concord is in it. Um, it's hilarious. It's about a pirate who is, you know, wants he's, he wants to be a pirate, but he's just a rich nobleman, basically. Uh, Orville, renewed. Ozark, finished. Uh, great show. Peacemaker is renewed. I've not seen that yet. I've heard good things, but DC stuff I'm all behind on. Uh, Resident Alien renewed. I've seen a couple episodes. It's actually really funny. Uh, Alan Tudyk can do no it's wrong with uh, Tudyk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Resident Evil reboot. It was very well reviewed, but then it got canceled after one season on Netflix. Uh, it's a shame. I didn't see any of it. Huh. Uh, Rick and Morty renewed. That's why. That's why it got canceled. <laughs> yeah, because no one saw. it. <laughs> uh, Dune, Apple TV Plus. I love it. It's like a musical uh, show. It's really funny. Um, it's got. I also enjoyed Schmigadoon. I also recommend. Yes. Keegan-Michael Key. Really funny. Um, Snowpiercer. I have not seen the movie or the TV show, but it's got the guy from uh, Hamilton in it, and it was canceled after four seasons. Uh, too bad. I watched season one. It It's okay. I heard it was not it was bad. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek Lower Decks, Discovery, <laughs> Prodigy, and Strange New Worlds were all renewed, but Picard is going to finish after its third season. They planned it that way. Just three seasons. It needs to be done. Yeah, and he's too old. Let that man sit down. Let him rest. Please. Uh, He can't do press junkets. Look how old he is. I'm trying to speak to you. Hold on. Wait. When when you know the character of Picard, as well as I do. And then... (laughs) So, Stranger Things canceled after fifth and final season. Not really canceled more. They're finishing the story. The The arc is done. Yes. And they've already basically confirmed that there is a spinoff planned, and I think Netflix will do it. Oh, gosh. I didn't hear that. Interesting. Huh. Uh, Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Superman and Lois is actually doing quite well, and that's uh, kind of the CW universe of DC stuff, uh, and that's been renewed. Uh, Ted Lasso, wonderful show, renewed. Uh, Titans, apparently another show that's kind of in that CW universe, but not really because it was more in the HBO Max universe of things was renewed. Um, it's the Teen Titans from DC. Umbrella Academy is canceled after its fourth season. I had not seen that, so I don't know if that's a completion thing or if it's just being canceled. So sorry, guys. Steve likes this show, Upload, uh, renewed for season three. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm, that is a good one. Uh, what like if, if is, of course, having a second season for Marvel. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, love that show, but uh, it's been renewed. And Wheel of Time, renewed for season three, which I want to watch that eventually because I read the first four books, uh, but it's I just haven't had the time. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the Witcher, the last Real. one, has been renewed, kind of, because it's, but it's gonna, got a new lead. Liam Hensworth is going to take over for Henry Cavill as the lead of The Witcher. So there's kind of your genre, fantasy, sci-fi, mostly recap of what you're going to still be able to see and some things you won't be able to see and that's tube tops and bottoms tube tops and bottoms i think it brings us to our main segment we're going to talk about willow willow (laughs) all right uh well what a movie i can't wait to talk about it let's get into it 
Uh, well, in a fantasy land, long time ago, far away, maybe, who knows, uh, a chosen child is being hunted by an evil queen sorceress who wants to stop a prophecy that says the child will destroy her. The baby falls into the likely hands, unlikely hands of an Elwyn, a race of fantasy little people. Uh, the man's name is Willow and his family. After an attack on his village, Willow and a group are forced to head to the Daikini Crossroads, which is what they call big people, and hand over the baby. Unable to find somebody, they end up freeing a man in a cage named Mad Mardigan who takes the baby. On the way back, they discover that the baby has been kidnapped by brownies, which are even littler fantasy people. And as they get captured by the brownies, it's revealed that a spirit of the forest named Sherlindria uh, has taken them in and the child is a chosen one. Willow is entrusted with Sherlindria's wand and must find Finn Rizel the great good sorceress to help protect the child. And she sends two brownies with them as guides. Uh, during a storm, Willow is forced into a Daikini roadhouse where they find Mad Mardigan dressed as a woman <laughs> and the Queen's men catch up with them. Mard Mad Mardigan leads them on a daring escape and agrees to help them get to, uh, to Finn Rizel. Mm -hmm. They make it to an island. Mad Mardigan wishes them well. Willow discovers that Finn Rizel is some sort of tree dwelling mammal Long ago, a sorceress now trapped in this form, and upon reaching the shore, Mad Mardigan seemingly has turned them over to the evil queen's men. They get taken to a camp nearby. They escape that camp. Um, Willow practices magic and transforms Finn Rizel, uh from a, a tree-dwelling mammal into a raven. <laughs> Trying to make her human again, but he fails. <laughs> uh, they escape. They go down the mountain. It's a great chase scene. Um, and... They slid on a shield. In there, it's great. <laughs> falls in love with a with a warrior princess. They hop on the shield. They head down the hill, and they reach a small village. They find Eric, who's a general for a good army we ran into earlier. The army's been destroyed, and his last remaining men, uh, they try to entreat them to kind of help them. Um, Willow insists that Tirasli, a good kingdom, is where she can be protected. They get there to find the castle in ruin and its citizens turned to stone and troll shit everywhere. <laughs> the Queen's men are coming. They prepare for battle. Mad Mardigan single-handedly delays the enemy forces until reinforcements arrive, but the evil general gets away with the child. There's also like a big dragon monstrosity in there at some point that happens. It's kind of crazy. Hydra fire-breathing thing, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Willow, Mad Mardigan, and Eric's men head to the queen's castle. They demand the baby is returned, and the queen turns them all into pigs. Willow is able to escape, turn Finn Rizel back into her human form, and it turns out she's an old lady, and she was turned so long ago she didn't remember that. <laughs> they come up with a plan. Willow and Finn confront them at the gates. They send out men to kill them, and then he bangs on a drum, calling the warriors who have dug tunnels through the like holes in the ground to hide themselves. They storm the castle. A battle ensues. Eric is killed. Mad Mardigan kills the general. And Finn Rizel, Willow, and Sorsha, the warrior princess who has turned to the good side, make their way up the tower. They can they confront Bav Morda, whose name I haven't said thus far, unfortunately. <laughs> I think um, you said the beginning was. <laughs> the evil sorceress. Uh, Finn Rizel uh, loses after Bav Morda just chokes her out. She almost throws her daughter into a into a wall of spikes and Willow tries to run, but Bav Morda blocks his way. Uh, he tricks Bav Morda into thinking that he's transported this baby somewhere safe, but really he's done a magic trick. Bav Morda in a fit of rage accidentally activates the ritual that was going to sacrifice the child, sacrificing herself instead. Uh, we then cut to the kingdom of Tiris Lee, where everything is back to normal. Finn Rizel, Mad Mardigan and Sorsha send Willow off vowing to take care of the baby as they rule over the kingdom of Tearsley. He gets home. He's welcomed home as a hero. He hugs his wife. He becomes the high Elwin's apprentice and everyone lives happily ever after. And I got to say, folks, I it is hard to make these summaries of TV shows, of movies in a succinct way, in a way that people can follow. So Steve, you did a great job. <laughs> I cut a lot of stuff. That's you what did, I kind of realized about to, summaries. You know. There's some stuff I don't need to talk about. Right. And the plot happens. <laughs> I think you did a great job because it's not easy to make. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, so Jarman, before this recent viewing, when was the last time you saw Willow? It might have been 10 years ago. Wow. Like I was in college, okay. maybe. Some real distance. Because I watched it. I had the DVD. And so I watched it a lot more when I was in high school because I had the DVD um, and I loved it. 
Um, but then I probably watched it last in college and it's, yeah, it's been a long time. So it was great rewatching it um, and getting all those memories back and like the lines and hearing just the, the, the timber of his voice again, Willow, which is, has got this great voice. Um, Man, Madigan, help! <laughs> help! Kaya! Kaya! <laughs> when he says that, it just rings in my head. Um, and also, weirdly, we've watched two movies in a row with Billy Barty in them. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's the high Elwin. He's the high Elwin, and, and he was in UHF as the cameraman. The this, cameraman. Like, it's yeah. really weird that we just had two movies with that. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my likes of this movie is so much, but fantastic, memorable score. I mean, just wonderful. I think it was Howard, not Howard Shore, somebody, I forgot who it was. It's a well-known name. But you're right. Great theme that I'll, I still remember. Back when movies still had iconic, mm-hmm. like, whistleable themes. I wish they still had those. It's so wonderful. Sing this song to Avengers. Oh, there is a theme they do for every show that the the Marvel theme that has like a whistle. That one. When the Marvel credits are flashing. There's a no, there's a song that after that part you just did, there's a part that comes in that you can Yes. That one. That one. It's okay. So yeah, it's all right. It's okay. But it's not. <laughs> this is what you people come for. That's right. You want to hear us horribly sing along with songs. Um, also, the great score. The scope of this movie is just real big for the movie of its time with less special effects available. Like where Lord of the Rings now or bigger fancy movies can just kind of insert digitally these giant backdrops and stuff. They had to actually go to these places or make beautifully painted backdrops that you can't tell quite are, are backdrops. Um, and so it just feels big in scope for a movie from the 80s with this their technology and budget. And I think it was pretty awesome. And not only that, you have the giant like monstrosity two headed dragon thing, which really there are some moments that looks janky as hell. Yes, Basically, anytime Mad Mardigan is on its back. That was probably the worst. Like, you literally got like, That's the basically. worst. But otherwise, they shot it in such a way that really worked and really looked good. And that's the, the great Phil Tippett, uh, who's done tons of stop motion work um, over the decades. I just saw one of his, his weird opus of a film that he made. It was uh, the, the Dead God, I think it was called. It was messed up. But anyways, yeah, he did great. A lot of those practical effects and stop motion was Phil Tippett. It was pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, just like it's directed by Ron Howard and he has this like way of doing heartwarming writing and direction, um, which just it just makes you feel happy watching this whole movie. And there's silly moments, but there's heartfelt moments. Um, and there, I love that they have a giant cast of just of little people. Um, I think they had like over 200 of them or something like that in this movie, um, which is crazy and just. Awesome and inclusive. And the fact that they were able to source so many that were solid actors. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you believe it. Like, the, I love the right. wife. She's Kaya's amazing. Kaya's great. I love his kids. They're like the best cutaways in the film. They're so In cute. the early part of the movie. Like, anytime they're like, oh, what do we fill this shot with? They're like, just show the cute little kids. Like, reacting probably honestly to the things they're same, seeing around same them. Same thing <laughs> with the baby. The baby is is like they're the best cutaway the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Anytime they didn't know what to do, they showed baby reaction footage. <laughs> so anything else you, you put down that you particularly liked about this? Oh man. I mean, um, you kind of touched on it, but I'll emphasize it that every, every character has their own journey yeah. in a really satisfying way. Not that represented by the physical journey and actions that are taking place, but everyone goes through their, like an emotional journey too. Cause you talk about Willow. He's kind of the joke in town. He's known as like that, that cheap magician, but really he wants to practice magic. And he's even he small con- for he people of his kind. Like, yeah, he does. He doesn't have the confidence mm-hmm. to do it. He somehow gets chosen for this thing, has to find his bravery, has to find his confidence, prove to himself that he is capable of magic. And but then defeat the bad guy with the very thing that was his weakness at the beginning. Yeah, I love that. It went full circle. Beautiful. And then return to town a different man. Confident that he's like that he's going to be the next like the, the next high outlet and kaya sees him and she's like oh shit something's changed all right yeah <laughs> um but then same thing you get mad martigan the first time we meet him he's in a cage what a brilliant introduction to a character that tells us 
what we need to know about that character with very little stuff. And he even says, like, well, if I ever found the right woman someday, maybe I'd like to have a kid. And then that kind of foreshadows he finds the right woman, you know, (laughs) he wants to settle down. Um, But, yeah, they let him out. They give him a chance. He betrays them. He hurts them. He grows attached to them and earns back their trust. Mm -hmm. Eventually becoming the hero that Eric said he could never be shortly after we met him the first time. Right. Um, you know, it's just these, these beautiful moments, even Swersha, you know, the daughter who we don't get that much of the daughter of the gets, evil sorceress. Yeah. Gets an arc. The evil queen gets an arc. We know what her immediate thing is. She wants to kill this child. She does all these things to get this child. She finally gets child. She thinks that she finally gets what she wants, but at a terrible price. Mm. And the thing that she was trying to enact is what destroys her. It's all just beautiful writing. Yeah, solid writing doesn't need to be so multi-layered or anything like that, but it's just it's 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 straightforward and it's great. It's just it's what you want to see in like a heartwarming fantasy film, you know. And they don't pull punches. People die. Yeah, they do. The stakes are real. And then even that everybody gets an arc thing carries over into the film in that if you think about uh like Tears Lee, maybe I'll just say this a different way. Willow always had something to do. Mm-hmm. In a movie where he couldn't really be the action star. He's pretty like, much that protecting that Martigan's baby the whole job. movie. <laughs> right, right. But like in every scenario, he was doing something important, which I think would have been very easy to get away from. Like in the horse chase. Yes, Mad Martigan is fighting all these guys, but Willow is trying to get the reins and slow the horses all while dealing with this fight. Yeah, they're playing to their strengths, kind him. of, you know, like. Using At Tira's Lee, Willow's not the guy that can fight the giant monstrosity. So we get a great, we get him with the trolls, like his own version of that monstrosity. Yeah. Um, so even in that, like in a movie where the, the guy who can't be the action star could have gotten lost, they really utilized him. Yeah. And they make uh, Mad Mardigan basically in service. He even says at one point, Mad Mardigan says, I'm in service to the Elwin. Like, so basically it's saying he's not the star. Willow is the star. Which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and if I had to pick um, some, or you just more likes you want to talk about? Nah. I mean, I'm, we're going to talk about more, I'm sure, by accident. But yeah, let's talk about maybe some difficult things. Yeah. And th- these are really just nitpicky because I really love this movie. Um, the the lady who became at least a sorceress. Uh, what's her name again? The the good one. The good Baz Morda. The, oh, uh, Finn Rizel. Finn Rizel. Uh, great voice actress. But I thought once she became a human, her on-camera acting isn't as good as her voice acting. I thought she was a little weak. Okay. Um, I can see that. She was kind of awkward and strange, kind of a little creepy at times, but maybe she was going for that. I don't know. It just didn't really fit as well as the rest of it. But um, some of Val Kilmer's acting was a little hammy, which didn't fit in with other times where it was it was straightforward and sincere because he's a really good actor. Um, so that was kind of like off-kilter. It's like they could have used some direction good sometimes. Um, but otherwise, it was fine. He was really good as Matt Morgan. He's nuts and crazy, and he's just he's fantastic. Um, and like you said before, some of the stop motion was a little rough at times. <laughs> I almost wish they could like remaster it and really release that, but we're basically getting that with the new show anyway. So I don't need to have that. So. Oh yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So some things that maybe were a little rough, um, as some of the visual effects just had moments where you went, oh yeah, this was, this was the eighties. <laughs> a project um, time. Uh, a product of its time. Um, I, we didn't even mention the brownies, but the brownies are like some of the most genius comic relief. Oh, yeah, it's like ever. Kevin Pollack and a guy I didn't know, but I recognize Kevin Pollack. Um, as the the little, tiny little, like Lilliputian guys yeah. who are there to guide them, but really can't do anything, but then come in handy at like really key moments. And pick some locks and, and hit people in the butt and you know, kind of thing. Pick, yeah, pick they're, locks. They're chaotic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, chaotic. Um, and like, but then they they have the the potion of love or whatever it is. Oh yes. Which which drives that like that romance story that otherwise shouldn't be there. And I like that in in a way the writer admitted that it was a forced romance story. That's true. Like we got to get it in here. How do we do it? I just throw a love potion at him and he has to fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or Dust of the Broken Heart, I think maybe they called it. Um, yeah. But now, real, I, I don't have a ton of bad things to say about this movie. I wear, I, I wear horrible nostalgia glasses for it, 
but I really do think it holds up. And I think it's pretty well loved. I don't think that's really controversial. I think this is not a movie that's panned by many. See, I, I had my doubts, though, because I was just watching the Goldbergs and there's a movie where they get hyped up to go see it and they come out and they're like, that is a movie that we just saw. Yeah. Wasn't it awesome? Yeah. Val Kilmer was awesome. Val Kilmer was definitely in that movie. <laughs> like, like they have good things to say about it, but they don't, they didn't like it. And so I went, Oh, did, did people not like this? <laughs> no, I, just, I think it's pretty well. Loved. And the, the sent the, the sentiment is that a lot of people expected like another space epic kind of thing. Right. After star Wars. And they didn't get that. It's a very different kind of movie than star Wars. Very different. Similar uh, plot threads, but different kind of very movie. similar plot threads. Incredibly similar plot threads. Yes. Plot threads. <laughs> Um, so if you have not seen Willow, go check it out. It is a staple of fantasy films. Uh, it, clearly, you can see influences from Lord of the Rings and other classic fantasy that's all rolled into this beautifully drawn world. It should be on Disney Great Plus, acting, I believe. Beautiful writing. It's on Disney Plus. Watch it as you get ready for Willow the Show, which comes out right at the end of the month. There you go. And we got some trivia for this film, of course. Um, according to Warwick Davis, who plays Willow, the title character, the film had the largest ever casting call for little people at the time. Between 225 and 240 little people actors were hired for the film, which is awesome. Uh, Warwick Davis was only 17 years old during the shooting of this film. That's a 17-year-old actor. So much more maturity yeah. than any other 17-year-old I've seen on screen. He's amazing. Yeah, Lucas met him when they were doing uh, the third Star Wars film. Yeah, he wrote this for him, basically. Wrote this with him in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because he's he's very charismatic and wonderful. And he's been in so many movies since. You've seen him in Harry Potter. You've seen him in just a, a billion other things but since then. Um, the box office receipts were less than expected. So George Lucas continued Willow's story in the in books rather than in movie sequels. The three books are collectively known as the Chronicles of the Shadow War and share a writer's credit for famous X-Men writer Clis Claremont and George Lucas. Uh, they are Shadow Moon, Shadow Dawn, and Shadow Star, published in 95, 96, and 2000, respectively. Uh, these books are generally disliked by fans of the film due to their bleak tone and the quick deaths of certain characters from the film. I don't know which. Uh, Lucas himself has, had been busy with the production of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, so he wasn't able to be very involved with the writing process and had only provided Claremont an outline for the series. And he admitted that he was so unhappy with how the books turned out that he has disowned them. So don't read the books, I guess, is the moral of the story. Uh, Val Kilmer apparently ad-libbed much of his dialogue, and that's been supported by other members of the cast. A lot of that was very ad-libbed. Um, the large group of pigs outside the castle that were the formerly – they were turned into pigs, the whole army. Uh, the real pigs on set, though, continuously tried to mate so they had to continuously throw buckets of cold water on them to separate them because they're trying to screw each other the whole time during filming. Dear Lord. <laughs> uh, Val it's like Kilmer. filming a teen comedy in there. God damn. <laughs> exactly. Just not hose those kids comedy. down. Get them off of each other. <laughs> throw God, cold water we're never on gonna get, We're never going to get any work done. <laughs> uh, Val Kilmer and the actress who played Sorsha, her name is Joanne Wally or Whaley, uh, they married after meeting on this film and they had a, a kid, uh, but they soon divorced wow. after that. So that's pretty crazy. They had good chemistry on, on screen, though. Uh, George Lucas had hoped that the film would earn as much money as E.T. the Extraterrestrial from 82, but it faced early competition with Crocodile Dundee 2, Big, Rambo 3, all coming out at the same time as this movie. Um, but it was not a financial flop. It had strong international home video and television sales, and it did make a profit. So that was good. Um, the six-month-old twins playing Elora Danan were too young to have a full head of hair, so they have wigs on and they couldn't use wig adhesive on these infants. So they used syrup. <laughs> it held the held the uh, wigs onto the baby's head. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, John Cusack actually screen tested for the role of Mar Mad Mardigan, but he lost it out to Val Kilmer. And he considers this his biggest disappointment in all of his films that he's missed out on. Uh, I've been a weird difference with John Cusack in there. Um, a scene was filmed, but cut, which during the battle at Tyr Aslin, uh, Sorsha finds her father, who has been turned to stone by Bavlorna, and Sorsha's father communicates with Sorsha and pleads with Sorsha to side with Willow and Mad Mardigan and help them protect Elora Danan and defeat Babmorda. Um, hence, that may have helped. That may have helped her turn a little bit. Exactly. It says that hence uh, Sorsha betraying Babmorda and succumbing to Mad Mardigan's affections for her. It would make more sense. 
Um, and all of this was lost in the final film, but it does appear in the novelization as well as the comic book miniseries by Marvel about uh, Willow. So, but yeah, he's actually in the last scene. He doesn't have any lines. Her father, the king, he's there looking at them before they leave. Oh, the he's town. one of the nobles there. He's okay. the guy with the big beard. He looks very regal and he's got this huge beard and big long hair and a, a kind of a little crown on. But I saw him for one second. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? He looks interesting. He doesn't have any lines, but his scene was cut. <laughs> um, the character of the evil general, Kale. I think it was Kale, is named after, he has a skull mask. Um, he's named after film critic Pauline Kale, who was notorious for giving scathing reviews to popular and acclaimed films and had never given any film George Lucas um, directed or produced a positive review. So they named the evil general after her. <laughs> and uh, in a predictively negative review of the film, Kale admitted to being flattered and amused by the homage. <laughs> so she recognized it. And the last one, uh, there was to be an animated series which took place after the movie about Alora Danan's childhood, but the series was canceled before it could air on television. Um, and hopefully, Alora will be in this new show. I'm, I'm imagining she will be, but I don't know. Who knows what it'll be about? I, I assume one of the young actors we see is there because her mother is there. So oh, I'm, is she? Yeah, yeah. You, you do get to see Sorsha very briefly in one of the trailers. Oh, same actress? Same actress. I think same actress. No sign of Val Kilmer. I well, wish yeah. they would get him, but he's having a rough time right now. He can't speak very well because he had the throat cancer surgery, so it's it's rough. Um, I think they had, they had him dead already in the, the new Top Gun Maverick or whatever. He's not dead. He's in the movie. Is he? I thought he was. they said he was already dead or something. I didn't see Now him. there's a scene with him and Tom Cruise. Oh, shit. I didn't watch it. So. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. I just see the YouTubes. Oh, the YouTubes. So that's your trivia for the film. Go out and watch it. Like Steve said, it's it's great. All right. So now for my bit, I've got a game that I'm going to call Val Kilmer was definitely in that movie <laughs> where I've got some quotes from famous Val Kilmer films. German, you're going to get a point if you can tell me the movie it's from and you're going to get a bonus point if you can somehow tell me the name of the character. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Are these pretty are obscure the or are these going to be like decently known? These these are his most famous films. Oh, well, fantastic. And I, tr I tried to pick quotes that would give you some context. <laughs> I appreciate that. No promises. All right. Are you ready for number one? Yes. I see without seeing. To me, darkness is as clear as daylight. What am I? Hmm. Is that the the Batman that he was in? I will I will give you a point for that because it, yes, it is the Batman he was Batman in. Forever. That's what it's called. Batman Forever is it? And can you tell me the character's name? Uh, Batman. <laughs> yes. Okay, you got it. Yeah, so that's two points. Cool. See, I start. I was loading you up early. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Are you ready for this next one? Yeah. You're everybody's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That would be Top Gun. That's right. And I think his name was Iceman. That was. That okay. was his name. <laughs> Two points there. Thank you. Those are the easiest ones. Mm -hmm. Now on to the fun. No, I'm worried. Uh, all right. Let's pick a good one. Here we go. Was it a dream where you see yourself standing in the sort of sun god robes on a pyramid with thousands of naked women screaming and throwing little pickles at you? Oh, God. Um, maybe because of psychedelics, the doors? No, good guess. Uh, that's real genius. One of his oh, early ones. That is one of his earliest ones. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's fun. All right. Next up. What's a rock and roll band for man if you can't party all night and do bad things? Let's plan a murder or start a religion. That one be the doors? <laughs> That's the doors. Jim Morrison. Doors. <laughs> yeah, man, you're doing better than I would have thought. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he was very, I thought he looked a lot like Jim Morrison. That was a good casting call. Good thing this only gets worse from here. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that's right. Actually, you've gotten all the double points so far. Yeah, that's, no, I missed that one right. entirely. Oh, that's right. The hell with you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Animal rights actress, activist drove him out of the States. Got so bad you couldn't cage a rat without reading him in his rights. Animal rights activist moved him out of the States. Drove him out of the States. Got so bad you couldn't cage a rat without reading him his rights. 
<laughs> uh, let's go with um, this will be my answer for all the ones I don't know Kiss Kiss Bang Bang no it is the island of Dr. Moreau oh that makes more as, sense as the role oh, of Montgomery that makes so I told much you more I sense. tried to give you, you did. fair tries that was totally them. fair I should have gotten that one <laughs> alright uh, I don't think you'd know where to put your food at if you didn't flap your mouth so much Yes, I think you're stupid. Hey, that sounds like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That is Kiss Kiss Bang <sighs> Bang. Can you remember his name? I don't remember his name. <laughs> his name is Perry, but in the film he's referred to as Gay Perry. <laughs> That's funny. It's a great movie, folks. You should watch it. It's, yeah, fantastic. Uh, all right. What better job in the world than build a bridge, bring land over water, bring worlds together? I think the only other movie I know that he's in is The Saint. No, it's not The Saint. Okay. That is John Patterson from The Ghost in the Darkness. Oh, God. I would never have remembered that. But I've the seen one it. with the lions where he goes to Africa to build a bridge. I saw that movie a couple times as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost in the Darkness. Man. Oh. All right. We got two left. Okay. All right. Listen to me, Hillary. I'm not the first guy who fell in love with a woman that he met at a restaurant who turned out to be the daughter of a kidnapped scientist only to lose her to her childhood lover who last, who she last saw on a deserted island who then turned out 15 years later to be the leader of a French underground. What the fuck? That sounds like something on like airplane or something. Uh, I don't, I don't know. And that is another one of his earliest. That's Nick Rivers in Top Secret. Oh, I was close. Cause that's, I think it was made by some of the same guys. Same, this airplane. same genre, like in the same time frame, certainly. Yeah. That was um, a Charlie Sheen thing, or was it just, or just him? Just him. That was just him, I think. I think you're right. All right. This is the last one. Why, Ike, whatever do you mean? Maybe poker's just not your game, Ike. I know. Let's have a spelling contest. Is that the one where he played um, Doc Holliday? Um, yes. Oh, shit. There's two of them that came out around the same exact time. Shit. There are. <laughs> not tomb- Tombstone. I'm going with Tombstone. It, it is Tombstone, not yes! Wyatt Good job. Yes. That's uh, him as Doc Holliday in Tombstone. Yes. All right. So out of 18 possible points, we ended up with one, three, five, seven, nine. Not bad. Half and half. half. That's not bad. You did half and half. That's not bad at all for one of our games. But I got more than half of them right as far as guessing the movie. I just didn't get the double. The two and two. Right. Yeah, you just yeah, missed yeah. a few flat outs. That's fair. <laughs> all right. And that has been Val Kilmer was definitely in that movie. <laughs> I like that a lot. Oh. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, it's now time for our Radical Recommend segment, where uh, it's my turn to recommend something to Steve and to the rest of you out there in audience land. Um, so I don't think I've mentioned this before. I, I think this is the first time I'm recommending it. But there was a sh- the first show I ever watched to completion was the original Quantum Leap with Scott Bakula. And it's so good. It was just a heartwarming, interesting show about a man who is a part of this scientific project where they're going to leap back in time, but it gets kind of intervented with um, a supernatural cause, like maybe possibly God, heaven, they're not sure, making him leap into people's bodies and fix something that went wrong. That heaven above or something, some greater power wants fixed uh, to, be, to have a better end. So he and the thing was the conceit back then was that he could only jump into bodies that were within his lifespan. So it goes back to like 1959 or whenever Scott Bakula's character had, was born. Um, but now they have done a sequel show, uh, also just called Quantum Leap, um, with a great. I have to look up his name right now so I don't feel like an asshole. But so, but it is a sequel show. It is a sequel show. But the great thing is, it's it is a sequel show. But they explain everything so well that it doesn't need to be. You can jump into this show and know nothing about the old series. 
Um, okay. There's lots of great Easter eggs and characters that are <laughs> from the old show. <laughs> It's a great theme song. <laughs> That's when they break it down. <laughs> 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 and a lot of like skin tight outfit Scott Bakula. Um, Anyway, so the original Sam was- Ziggy says you're probably here to keep the kid from running away. <laughs> Sam, not Sam Rockwell. What was his name? I'm trying to remember. But anyways, great uh, actor. Doctor Sam, Doctor Sam Beckett. Well, Sam Beckett, it? but it was the actor who played um Sam, um Scott Bakula. Oh, not not Sam. Um, uh, Al. I don't know. He was in frig friggin' Dune. He was in Dune. He was in uh Battlestar Galactica. Um. Oh, that's right. I forgot he was Dean in Stockwell. There. Fantastic Dean actor. Dean Stockwell. Um, he was the so basically he has he's leaping and he can't get back home um, until he they don't know when he's gonna be able to get back home. But he, in order to complete the leap, um, he has to fix the thing that went wrong. They have to figure out what went wrong, and he has to kind of pretend he's that person. So it makes it difficult for the actor playing that role because it changes who he is every single show. But he has a hologram from that from their future test site where this all happened. Who can go back and like help him with modern day information and basically with this little pad tell him what's going on, um, and that's who Al was. So this new series it takes place in the same amount of time from then as it did when the show was in the eighties. Now it's in the two thousand twenties, and they're still trying to make this project happen again. But they're just researching it, trying to figure out how to do it right this time, where he doesn't get lost and they can't bring him back. Because they never got Sam back in the original series. He's still gone out there, possibly leaping forever. Um, yeah, the last episode ended up hit with him jumping and them no longer being able to track him. Exactly. And so in theory, he's still like jumping through the multiverse. And if they're smart, they'll somehow bring him back here. So the cool thing in the new series is it's they're just trying to research and they pick someone out who's going to be the new leaper. And she's this person called um, Addison Augustine. And she's like she was a Marine. She's incredibly intelligent. She has advanced degrees. But she's like she's really good at physicality and also really smart, speaks several languages. Um, but her husband is one of the doctors in the project named Dr. Benjamin or Ben Song, um, a nice Asian actor named Raymond Lee. He's doing something behind the scenes. He figures something out. We don't know what it is yet. And he jumps in the machine first. So he becomes the leaper, someone who's ill prepared to be the leaper. So the person that was going to be the leaper, Addison Augustine, she's the one who becomes his Al. And she goes and she's talking to him in his missions. Um, and they're trying to, and he loses all of his memory after his first leap. That's kind of the thing that happens. He has to remember who he is as the leaps go on. So he doesn't know why he jumped in the machine and leapt without her and, and jumped ahead. Um, huh. so it's very interesting. And the guy in Sandman who played desire, um, or sorry, the person, because they're non-binary. Um, yeah, they are in this show as well as one of the main technicians and they are fantastic. They're really funny. Um, and also what's really great is Ernie Hudson is in this Ghostbusters fame. He's like the head of the project. And so you see him in every episode. Great old Ernie Hudson. Uh, he makes this show really great. Um, and there's another uh, Jen Chow is another character on there. She's another she plays Narissa or Narissa Lee plays Jen Chow. Another technician. Anyways, point of the matter is I'm recommending it because it's just so heartwarming. It's really well done. Um, the lead actor Raymond Lee is fantastic. And he has so much heart like Scott Bakula did that I'm like tearing up once an episode because he's just so genuinely good and kind and he wants to help. And so it's just highly recommend the show to anybody who would watch it. Have you seen it yet, Steve? Uh, no, no, I've not. It's family friendly. We, it's fun. It's all right. great. Yep. I check it out. Once it's on Hulu, I'll check it out. I think right now. Yeah. I, I have to obtain it because it's only on um peacock storks have to storks have to drop it off to you storks have to drop it off to me yes uh that's fair because it's only on peacock and i'm not buying peacock i just refuse so but luckily it got extended it was it got eight episodes to test it out and people watched it enough so now it has 22 episode uh thing for season one so that's killer that's pretty killer sorry for the long recommendation but i was uh, very excited nah, about that's a good one, one. <laughs> It moves us perfectly into some trailer reviews. Yes. All right. This week I picked out uh, the long awaited sequel to the now sort of classic Enchanted. Amy Adams is back in 
Disenchanted. Oh, yeah. The follow-up. It looks like more fairy tale hijinks, musical numbers, cliches, (laughs) evil queens, and everything in betweens. What did you think of the first movies to start off? First movie is cute. I don't have the adoration for it that some people do. I understand it has a cult following. Hmm. Like, I get that, uh, but I'm not one of them. I thought it was a nice movie. That being said, it also came out during my time at Blockbuster, so it was one of those movies that we had to have on all the time for a couple months. Oh, just playing over and over again? Yeah. See, that's the weird thing is I really, really liked Enchanted, and I can't find one person that likes it. Like, people revile that movie. Like, Jolie hates it. My, my it has partner. a huge following. And like, I, it's where I've met anyone yet that likes it. I'm like, I really love that movie. <laughs> I can't find I anybody. thought it was a nice movie. I don't hate it. That's great. I'm glad you're kind of middle of the road because I don't find that. People just like say, oh, it's crap or I hate it. Like, I love it. That being it. said, it's wonderful. probably been a decade since I've seen it. So maybe I'd hate it now. <laughs> I thought the first movie was adorable. Great songs that stuck in my head. Amy Adams, that kind of like her beginning of her stardom. And she was just so adorable. Um, and I loved to, uh, I, I always thought of it as Cyclops playing a, a prince, a prince in that show, movie. Was his name, uh, James Marsden, Jay Marsden. Yeah. And it was this, uh, great cast and Adina Menzel was in there being, you know, angry turned happy with the prince and it was just really fun. But so this trailer, you know, looks like it's going to be more, more of that thought, but, um, they're all older now and they're, they're going to the suburbs and the daughter from the last movie is now, you know, an angry teenager. And Amy Adams wants to wish that this suburb can turn into more like the, the place she came from, the imaginary fantasy world, which kind of backfires. And she, the twist is she becomes kind of the evil queen of the situation. So it's kind of like a nice twist on the first movie that she's becoming the evil queen. But there's queen. another evil queen played by Maya Rudolph. Yeah. So it looks fun. All right. So now let's talk about it. why I think this movie's going to fail. Okay. <laughs> So just judging by the trailer, which does show a good deal. Yes. They're really going to have a hard time carrying the, th- the through line of the plot for this film. And the reason is that Amy Adams is the protagonist. But the the turn of her, she's going to become the antagonist for part of it. Right. But the problem is, is they have set her up as a protagonist. And so during this time, we're going, they're going to try to push secondary protagonists. And that's going to be Patrick Dempsey and James Marsden and Dina Mazzell. And it's really going to dilute the crap out of the plot. I think what might fix that and what might be the, the hidden protagonist all along is the daughter. I think they might be show, not showing that really much in the trailer. But if they're smart, that's what will be happening is that the daughter all along is going to be the protagonist. She'll have a change of heart from like hating all this fairy tale bullshit and like I'm a teenager and I hate this town. I want to be back in the city to being becoming the next princess kind of thing, you know, and, and making her come back to the good side kind of thing. Right. But my fear, though, is that then it's going to suffer from like the Hocus Pocus 2 effect where the camera is going to be on the famous people and not on the protagonist of the story. That's fair. Yeah. I didn't see Hocus Pocus um, 2, so. <laughs> Hocus Pocus 2 really, really suffered from that. Like, the mm. kids should have been the protagonist, but they spent way more time on the Sanderson sisters for obvious reasons. Right. Um, but because of that, the plot, like, didn't move right, and they didn't develop the main characters because the protagonists weren't the main characters. That's fair. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, My big problem we'll is see. that if there's, I only saw one song, and it was like a throwaway song in the trailer. So, like, the main thing that made the first one so good was there were great songs and great musical numbers, and, like, I loved them. And I'm not seeing a lot of that in this movie. I'm hoping that that happens, but it's just weird to not show any of that in the trailer. It's kind of strange. True. That would be odd. And mind you, clever cutting and that kind of stuff happens in Hollywood sometimes, but... Yeah. Maybe those numbers aren't ready yet or something, so they can't show it in the trailer. I don't know, but... Um, So, I'm going to give this one a, a Gary Busey... In a torn blue princess gown, just going through a park, running after squirrels and birds and yelling, be my friends, make me a new dress. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this one Raul Julia wearing a, a Phantom of the Opera costume. And he, does he have the half mask? Tells yes, me he has the he half has mask. The half mask. Uh, and he's holding his face and being like, 
I loved you before, but I've also been burned before. And he pulls off his mask to reveal, like, the, the, the acid, you know, where his face is just grotesque. Because he loved that, the old movie, but sequels have burned him before, and he doesn't want to be burned again. Oh, man, makes sense. Yeah, checks out. He's a sensitive man. <laughs> yes. Multi-layer. I hope someone from his estate hears any of this at some point. <laughs> just somehow. We apologize to the estate of Raul his Julia. His daughter... Once again, we're so sorry, Raul Julia. Um, we haven't said that in I know. We haven't apologized so to Raul Julia's estate in a long time. But, but know that you being the classy film critic in our made-up review <laughs> is our way of honoring you. It is. You deserve to be honored. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, join us next time where we'll be anticipating the release of Avatar The Way of Water by talking about the 2009 classic where – a white man finds himself in an alien, savage environment and must acclimate or die. And we're, of course, talking about Will Ferrell's Land of the Lost. That's right. The other 2009 <laughs> sci-fi classic that doesn't get remembered nearly enough. Same movie, man. Same movie as Avatar. Same movie. But didn't get the billion dollars. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, if you had given Will Ferrell a billion dollars, we would be having a different discussion right now. <laughs> right. He'd be the one diving down for the real Titanic right now with his new little submarine. <laughs> that brings us to the end of the show keep on coming back and being our nerdy audience we will keep on coming back and being your nerdy co-hosts thanks again internet stay nerdy my friends thanks for listening to a play on nerds feel free to email feedback at a play on with all your questions or comments Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? <laughs> <laughs>